Hello and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. I hope this podcast finds you all well in these interesting times that we're living in. So, we're going to be going to our friend Lao Tzu who makes excellent comment on interesting times, old and new. So we're going to have a little read of, I think it's chapter 80 today, and then have a little chat about what we think about it. I'm going to use the Victor H. Meyer translation today. It doesn't say anything different from the Elements Books translation we've been using, but it's a, it's a bit more elegantly done as, as a piece of English. It's chapter 80. Let there be a small state with few people where military devices find no use. Let the people look solemnly upon death and banish the thought of moving elsewhere. They may have carts and boats, but there is no reason to ride them. They may have armour and weapons, but they have no reason to display them. Let the people go back to tying knots to keep records. Let their food be savoury, their clothes beautiful, their customs pleasurable, their dwellings secure. Though they may gaze across at a neighbouring state and hear the sounds of its dogs and chickens, the people will never travel back and forth till they die of old age. Well, that sounds jolly nice. Can we go and live there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. If only. It does sound a bit like our our life, like the the life that you and I have, doesn't it? Where we kind of toddle around this tiny tiny area for most of the time. It's a bit like that, yeah. Um, Except, of course, it's not the way of life of the world, the way of the life of our world. Uh, a A typical life in what you would call a developed world probably entails in a lifetime many many thousands and thousands of miles of air travel and um, visits to many many far-flung parts of the planet that Lao Tzu wouldn't even have known the existence of. So you know we we live in an age which is pretty well the antithesis of this Massive amounts of travel, massive restlessness, uh, massive uh, social disruption of communities and sometimes of old established communities. Everywhere, everywhere on the planet now. There are very few lost tribes. Yeah. Now. So it, it, it's pretty well the antithesis of, of what we know. Lao is, is is basically really giving us in, in a few lines quite a full picture of his his utopia and it is a utopia of small is beautiful just to uh, quote the title of Schumacher's uh, seminal book that actually was, was, was calling for this kind of uh, downsizing or what you call is now called degrowth now this idea is never absent from human affairs I don't think it, 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 human beings desire the better because we can desire 
we have we have a type of organism that allows projection into the future in imagination, and sometimes projection into the future that can be quite accurate in some some regions of life. We are able to say if we do this and this and this, that such and such and such will happen. You do X, Y will happen, and we and we've developed that to the extent that it can be used in in our affairs as human beings. Um, it doesn't cover everything, of course. You know, m much of life remains un unpredictable, despite science uh, and, and the and the development of the the, the technology which employs this predict predictive method that we sort of elaborated in the West in the 18th century in a very big way and in a nuanced way, in a, in a way it transformed the world into the hyperactive world of today and away from the bucolic idyll of um, you know, anarchic life in small villages. And of course this, this is Socrates' city of pigs as well. Yeah. You know, it's the city of pigs. And, and all of the issues that are covered by Plato in the Republic, which we mentioned many, many times throughout this podcast, I see it as a kind of a formative moment almost in, in, in political philosophy. You know, the, 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 this idea that uh, desire, when it translates across into the way our society is de developed, can, if there's no circumspection or wisdom perhaps, lead, lead to like, like a, a state of nightmarish fascism <laughs> which seems to be you know the the, the point of Repub the republic and uh, Lao Tzu is resonating with a similar kind of view you know he's, he, he believes in the utopia small is beautiful he's a he'd be a degrowth waller today and uh, and of course this is a massively live debate now now that the hyperactive mode the mode where you travel everywhere you're curious about everything you're striving for more all the time as opposed to doing the city of pigs thing of sit, sitting on the back porch um, w w watching watching your grandchildren play in the dust and being satisfied with a few luxuries he's like well we can have a little bit of relish on a Saturday you know or on a Sunday that kind of scenario but we, 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 of course, take a, did take this tack around the path of inflamed desire, you might say, or of giantism of bigger, bigger. Let's get bigger and bigger and bigger. In some senses, it was like a, a movement of gi gigantism, yeah. And it, it, in, in, and in the 19th century, in, in Britain particularly, but in, in, in the, the the parts of the world that spearheaded the industrial revolution, which led to this cornucopian. Um, hyperactivity, hyperconsumption. But it, well, it gave rise to these huge factories with thousands and thousands of workers all conglomerating in one place. And then these mega cities, yeah. I think Birmingham, started off as a hamlet with about four people. You know, it's the now the second biggest city in the United Kingdom because the it had the right things for the industry. You know, the limestone, the coal, and the iron ore in the surrounding interland and it, and it grew grew massively in no time at all you know to a million city of a million people or whatever it was you know 
and then the 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 giantism or the gigantism really accelerated in the nineteenth century, and then went into hyperdrive in the twentieth. As as other parts of the world caught caught up, as of course now China and India, these countries with billion populations, perhaps almost half the world's population between the two of them, just two countries, are on are on it as well. You know they've caught up and they want some, because well, what does it do? We we live till we're eighty, as opposed to living till we're forty. You know we can go on the internet, we can watch cat videos. <laughs> You know, thousands and thousands. Of, we can even put our own cat videos on the internet. <laughs> you can even go on the internet and pontificate about Lao Tzu if you want to. You know, of course, nobody takes any notice of any of it. But there you go. It's a good, it's a good thing <laughs> in our lives. You know, and we can get on an aeroplane and we'll be on the other side of the planet in no time at all. Mind you, God forbid you try and get a bus to Aversoch. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll die on the way. You know you. But so on, you know, and we're aware of the the advantage of, of advantages of this industrial civilization. But we're now having our noses rubbed in the consequences of it. Their their consequences that led so fully saw, even in in his much kind of quieter and smaller, and and, and less technically developed world that he that he lived in a couple of thousand years ago. But even this, saw you get you let it get too big, it's going to get toxic. Yeah. And so he had a nostalgia even then for this for the bucolic. And of course, you get this in the in the back to nature movement. That's kind of quite big in in Wales, you know. Because there's, I mean, just for historical reasons, you know, there are lots of small packets of land that go up for sale. People buy them and try and particularly in down in southwest Wales, there's quite a lot of that. People trying to build a utopia today, and I dare say, I think you've got the same thing in the the US. These movements have been around all my all my life. You know, and then, then there was the, the whole Earth catalogue and the farm and, you know, these are kind of like famous communes back in the day, you know. And some of them got political and some of them were a bit psychedelic and some of them were a bit fascistic and, you know, there was all kinds of stuff went down, but attempts to kind of create pockets of, 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 of a more idyllic life. You know, and very often the thing was, well, let's just, let's downsize, you know, let's just be small. Uh, but let's have good things, handcraft things, and uh, so you have. The, you, you get again. You get this, this very familiar nostalgia for beautiful handmade things. You know, in a village, maybe you you could get you know your beautiful homespun cloth. You know, as he said, simple but lovely. You know, same with the food. It's um, homegrown or it's a bit organic, and obviously very very flavoursome. But you're not gonna get you're not gonna get papayas from the tropics, you know, or, or nuts from the rainforest. Well, at least not very often, you see, in this kind of scenario. So that, that whole debate is there in, in that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I take the view that small is, is beautiful. I do take the view that small is, is, is beautiful, you know, and I think Schumacher had, had a point to make. But I also, I also think that Left so downplays, and and for, for rhetorical and uh, uh, reasons, and, you know, for for definite reasons of putting over the sense of what he wants to say. But nevertheless, he do, he downplays he downplays the human desire drive, you might say, to 
enhance its position in the world, you know, to become more secure, to have more of the essential stuff, to make societies more efficient. The, the sort of Promethean drives, even the drives to overcome, you know. And uh, I think it is, it, it is as, 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 as intrinsic to us as, as, as our, in our animal nature, as is the, 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 the simultaneous, slightly contradictory desire for a peaceful life, you know, a peaceful settled life. If we're going to like make some sense of this, actually and practically now, we need to account as well. We need to account for the fact that we are we, we are driven to enhance that there is this restlessness. See, a lot of people in this village of Lautzers would do exactly what like a lot of young people do in these small Welsh villages, you know. And it, and it was and it's been like this for a couple of hundred years. I mean, you can read historical accounts of all the the guys who went uh, from a small Welsh village where it's all very intimate, you know, and you can get the stuff you need from the sea and the back garden and the sheep on the hill. You can do quite nicely, yeah. But what did they do? They bu- they buggered off, they buggered off and went round the world, you know, become merchant seamen. I mean, simple village boys become merchant seamen. Well, they went to America. Very often they came back. You meet these, you meet these guys going hang out in the in one of these village pubs, and you'll meet a guy who's done that. You know, and they come back in their old age, and I think that's what had happened. You know, there are a lot of people would be restless as they as they are, as they are. You know, and even if if the life's quite prosperous and quite nice, and very intimate, and very lovely in many ways, there's plenty of people who are going to want to go down to the docks and sign on, you know, and go to have a look. And they do it now. It's the same now, you know. And these are the, perhaps the places where there's, uh, there's quite a good incentive to settle. You know, life can be very good. In, you know, small, small definitely is beautiful, you know. If you can get into a community that's functioning, they, these are great places to live. But of course... The downside, of course, is that small communities become, can become sort of incestuous psychologically and actually, you know, and, and, and very prone to, to, to gossip, you know, and, and very, very uh, demanding of, um, very demanding of conformity. Whereas in a big city, you can have the anonymity, you know, and you can grow your hair down to your feet. Nobody bats an eyelid in London, or it can be blue, orange, green. You can have a bone through your nose and, and have, uh, you know, all coppers of bastards tattooed on your eyelids and nobody bats an eyelid because it's just this great sea of humanity and it enables you to, to express, you know. The downside is anon- no community, an- anomie, you know, fe- feeling like em- empty of essence because belonging to no co- having no community to belong to, you know. And there are many, many downsides to that to that, that aspect of modern life. But don't think there are no downsides to village life. The city of pigs will have its problems too. Though I do I do take the point, you know. I mean that this village that Lao imagines here, it's not producing hardly any any pollution, you know, it doesn't need to. It recycle everything. The human waste the poo, the poo, and the the wee can be recycled on this sort of scale. You get onto our scale, and we're chucking it in the sea, you know. And uh, 
a society like this isn't going to deplete the soil, you know, and isn't, isn't, isn't going to be bonging out CO2. He says, oh, we've got generators, but we don't use them. <laughs> you know, we've got weapons that we don't use them. And of course, it's also an anti-war stance, you know. There's, uh, uh, you know, a nation state has a lot to defend. It becomes, it becomes like a self-perpetuating uh, um, uh, unit, you might say, or, or an entity that, that, come what may, will do anything to defend its continued existence. And that, that's kind of intrinsic to what it is. Again, it's like a, uh, um, a, a property of, of something of something of that size, you know, of an organisation that size, it will then seek to defend itself. Its priority will be continued existence, which means it will then produce military. Of course, Plato's point, the military is there, or the navy, whatever, is to protect, is to protect your imports from pirates because you want all these luxury goods, because you want to live this, this life of, of plenty and this cornucopian life. And, and and because you you know you were contemptuous of the city of pigs, you know this small scale existence, and it is an idea that he's met with a lot of contempt. You know, go and say this to 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 um, Piers Morgan. He said, "You want us to go back to the Stone Age? You know, we were going to be eating like uh, stone ground stone ground bread made out of bricks. You know, and or or, or worse, tofu." Or, or ta tofu or bean curd or any of these, these kind of things. Yeah, so, so, things. So, so you get you get all that, you know. And it, it, it actually, this this is telling, and this is a stark conflict, which I, I, I'm confident is going to become starker and starker and starker. We've already got the culture war around it, because basically what it's now devolving down to is big oil, big war, big money against life in life in communities, in good good functioning communities. Where people look after each other, as we we caught a glimpse of at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, and suddenly there was this mutual aid rise up, you know, and the and the the posties, for instance, balloted to go on strike. Pandemic comes, so we'll, we'll do the strike after, because we 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 we're like we we go around door to door. We know when there's an old lady not answering the door, we can tell somebody. And so so on, and, there, and there's this, this this community spirit just rose up. It's a good, it's a very 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 great good to live in a proper functioning community. Yeah. So I think I think with 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 this, I think we do have to take it seriously, and um, I think it's a de a, de a, de a desideratum. Though in in our future there will still be a global a global world, you know. It's like because these communities will need to cooperate with each other. Yeah. S simply to to maintain peace, but human beings being what they are. But also, beyond that, to promote pr promote mutual understanding and and and, and mutual mutual celebration of, of of different ways of life, you know, and different modalities of existence that arise out of different places. Yeah, I don't see why we can't really yeah. in, in this day and age. Where we don't see why we can't have the best of both worlds, really. You, well, you, you, you need, you need, we you need, you need, you need the best. You need the best of both, you know. But we, we know what's wrong with what we've got. Yeah. And and we know that something like this would remedy it, but it would bring in certain disadvantages as well. So like the the way forward isn't isn't the, isn't going back to some stone age thing. But it's not going forward to to f fucking charter charter cities, you know, and uh, you know a, a planet 
where only a third of the land is habitable by human beings for any length of time. I mean, the way I see this, he's a kind of like global union of small small communities, you know, has been a way forward. And degrowth, yes, but it's it's a it's a it's a it's a provocative word, you know. I read Jason Hickel's book on on degrowth. It's, it's good stuff, but it's it's a bit of a provocative title because some things need to grow. Some things. Yeah. I'm very pro growth. I am. What am I pro growth? I'm pro growth of community, functioning functioning small towns and vi- villages. You know, I'm I'm pro the growth of this kind of simple satisfaction with, with the beauty of life which is considerable in fact it's cosmic the, this it actually this ordinary quiet life f- full of tremendous uh, p- potential for, for 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 epiphany you know for beatitude and for flourishing i want to say a growth of that because there's very little of this now, there's a few people in a few little places enjoy it, but at the same time, we do have to. We have to recognise human beings. Very often, point forward. There's a kind of strive. You know, I hate the word. You know, because the politicians are strivers, not shirkers. I don't mean it like that. I mean the. It's it's almost like the drive is the curiosity, but the absolute need to enact it's secure life first of all. We all want to live. We want our children to live. We want our grandchildren to live. We will strive to survive, and that's why we build societies in the first place. You know, they're, they're massive survival instruments. That's got to be accommodated in in the thinking. So degrowth might not be the rest of it because there's a lot of things need to grow. What certainly needs to degrow is giant giantism, inequality, capitalism, capital investment. You know, extractive exploitation of nature rather than sustainable um, taking our place within in in the, the the vast processes of metabolism, of which we're a part. You know, as opposed to attempting to conquer or overcome or or um, extract and ravage to extinction, but do what we're supposed to do, which is be what we are, which is parts of it integral parts of it so a lot of things need to grow in degrowth you know the main one being true human well-being of course now that's another question but Lao Tzu does devote the whole of this book to saying what that is and he's actually kind of right and what what is it it's alignment with the Tao as an individual human being in a particular society at a particular historical moment but nevertheless there it is the Tao because that's nothing other than the, than the great functioning, the great process and swirl and turbulence of existence itself, aligned with that, as opposed to the daft ideas that politicians pump out, and and religious leaders, and general demagogues, in order to control a population of either serfs or slaves or units of labour and so on so I think this is this is very very interesting and it really that is where we're at but strangely that we need to think about that but with great very very great clarity because it's already 
This matter that Lotso is talking about in this chapter 8 is, is, is now already the eye of the storm of culture war. This, it, it's about what our communities will be for our children and our grandchildren, you know, and what our, and what our natural environment will be and, and what modes of production and what we will do to have the things that we absolutely need, you know, and for those things to be beautiful. Yeah. Shelter, food, clothing, community, healthcare, education, these things. So I hope everyone found that useful. Maybe interesting too, hopefully. I'll stand with a, a couple of personal stories of living in a small place. First of all, from my mum, when she was evacuated to Wales uh, during the war and she uh, was living with a very nice woman who they called Nana and there was a big hill out the back and they used to say Nana Nana what's over the hill and Nana used to say nothing <laughs> <laughs> but it can't be nothing yeah she says no it's nothing so eventually they got the uh the strength through much hill walking to walk all the way to the top of the hill because they, they thought it can't just be nothing beyond the hill and they got to the top of the hill like fully expecting to see something fabulous and amazing and all it was was just a lot more hill and they thought, oh yes nothing <laughs> so mm. it was just the same mm. i couldn't see any villages or towns or buildings or anything it was just 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 hills more more hill land as, as far as the eye could see and uh, one of our personal experiences the smallest beautiful thing it was really quite delightful recently um uh, the doctors called me up when I was out and about and uh, made an appointment and I said oh I can't write down the appointment because I haven't got anything to write it down with me and I'm, I'm out I'm out and about and she the the woman who happens to be our neighbour actually said oh you know don't worry I'll just I'll just uh, drop you a note in on my way home which I thought was so lovely and because uh, the doctors is actually on our road as well so she did just have to literally walked past our house to get home and uh, she did indeed drop it a little note in just reminding me of the uh, the date and time of the appointment so that uh, that sort of thing happens quite a lot around here which is this this really quite sweet and uh, definitely one of the good things about living in a small place mm -hmm. so we hope to see you and talk to you as well hopefully in the upcoming online talks that Pete will be doing starting in October entitled The Apocalypse and You. So a bit something not to be missed I think. If you look underneath this uh, podcast in the write-up there's a link to the website and it has all the details about the sub subject matter and the dates and how to pay and how to contact us and all that sort of stuff. So we look forward to hearing from you and we'll speak to you again soon.